0: okay so this morning like i said we're going to be talking about the word of god and the importance of the word of god and i really believe that if we talk about freedom if we talk about walking free and as you know we're in the midst of this um, freedom project series that what do you think is the single most important factor in terms of freedom what do you think is the single most important factor it's the word of god It's the Word of God. This morning as I was preparing to come, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to to this church, people here and people who will catch up online, that actually saw it in a vision that some people come and they get prayed for, they get prayed for by people for freedom then they go home and you know the enemy always comes back like when he came to test Jesus and tempt Jesus that the Bible says that he waited for an opportune time to come back again so whenever we walk in freedom when we prayed for to get free and we go home when we're now on our own and possibly at a vulnerable point that is where the enemy comes against us and I was seeing people at home in that moment that vulnerable moment and their hands were by their side and the enemy was coming against them and they were trying to mentally win the battle they were trying to just stand and win the battle they were trying to win the battle but they didn't have a weapon and how many of you know that the weapon that we have the spiritual weapon we have in terms of spiritual warfare is the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God you see the word of god is our only offensive weapon that we have and it's so critical it's so important when we walk out this door and we've been prayed for we walk out and we're on our own and we're facing warfare the only weapon that we have to use is our mental strength is our prayer sort of but not not really what is it the bible says that it's the word of god you have your Bibles you can to Ephesians 6 I'm going to read from the amplified version in conclusion be strong in the Lord be empowered through your union with him draw draw your strength from him put on God's whole armor the armor of a heavy armed soldier with which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all, stand. Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness, the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over all lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit wields, which is the Word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer. To that end, keep alert and keep watch with strong purpose and perseverance. Now, that is a very rich passage of Scripture. And if I look through that passage... All the pieces of armor that we're supposed to put on are related to the word of God. Because, let me show you, he says, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins, where does truth come from? The word of God. Truth comes from the word of God. If I'm not in the word, how will I not how will I know is truth? I won't. This morning, um, my boys, I was listening to my voice, they were watching a movie, and I was listening to their, their rhetoric as they were watching it, and I heard one of them say, No, don't say yes. And then the post the little the girl on the TV said yes, and then a short while later I heard another one, No, don't do it. And then the person did it. But what was that all about? That's an example of when you have that truth inside of you your conscience is sharpened and you're able to know what to do and hello sorry this mic has got a faulty connection It says having tightened the belt of truth around your loins having put on the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with God what is that the belt of truth that uh, that integrity and all of that that's to do with knowing the Word of God and it's not enough that I come to church on Sunday and I hear the word and then I go home and I don't read it and I don't eat it and I don't apply it to my life because then I won't have integrity and moral rectitude and right standing it will be null and void that breastplate that belt of truth is null and void. You see putting on the armor of God and taking up the sword of the spirit is not about in the morning you say your prayers, you say, Lord I put on the belt of truth, I put on the shoes of the readiness to share the gospel of peace I put on my helmet of salvation and then you walk out the door and then you forget it It's not about that, it's not some secret formula of saying certain things and chanting something and magically it just happens, no. It's about taking the word of God and I'm going to show you this just now, taking the word of God and applying it to my life. That's when i put the belt of truth around myself that's when i'm protected that's when i have the breastplate of integrity and moral rectitude and right standing with god when i'm applying the word of god to my life carries on it says lift up the shield the, the covering shield of saving faith where does faith come from faith Romans tells me it comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God how can I have a shield of faith if I'm not hearing the Word of God I won't it's not just about saying Lord wake up in the morning let me pick up my shield of faith now Lord now I go and face my day No. It's about let me read the word let me eat the word let me apply the word to my life now the enemy brings his lies and you your ears are so filled with the truth of god's word that you can recognize the lies a mile away and you say no that is not the truth this is the truth you've just extinguished a flaming missile in freedom, when you know, you've been freed in a certain area, you used to be bound, now you're free. You know it, the Lord gave you a word, you're standing on that word. The enemy comes to tempt you or comes to try and tell you that you're not free. No, this is what the word says, that's the shield of faith, amen up the helmet of salvation it's not just about Lord, I put on my helmet of salvation then you forget about it no we got to understand from the word what does salvation mean what does it mean inside salvation what are the promises of God for me that I can appropriate by faith I've got to know my rights amen and the sword that the spirit yields which is the word of God which is the word of God I remember once I was in my bedroom and one of my kids had those plastic armor sets with swords and, you know, for young boys. And he was a couple of years younger than he is now. And he was playing around with the plastic armor set and sword sets. And he's like, look, mom, look at me. And he was waving the sword. He's like, look at me, mom, look at me. This is my sword of faith. And the Holy Spirit just dropped it in. He said, that's what a lot of the body of Christ is like. We don't know what our weapons are it's not a sort of faith it's a sort of the spirit and also he wasn't using it for what it was designed for okay he's a child but we don't use the things that we've been given for what they designed for what was the holy spirit saying he's saying most christians just show off about their weapons we preach our prayers we pray beautiful prayers and prayer meetings we preach our prayers even have you ever heard that someone preaching their prayers as if god needs to be preached at no we've got to use the word the sword of the spirit we've got to use our weapons for what they were intended for in the quiet of my room when i wake up in the middle of the night and there's a demon manifesting in my room that is when i need to wake up and know that my sword is the sword of the spirits and i gotta know the word that it comes out my mouth amen because you're not there the pastor's not well he is there because i'm married to him but i'm (laughs) but he might be sleeping okay gotta know the word of god you've got to know the word of god amen it's not enough that you come and you sit on this chair every sunday and you hear a message because for a lot of the body of christ i think that's the level of the word that we're at But we've got to read it every day we've got to read it every day and i'm going to show you that in my message today if we want to walk free if we want to get free if we want to walk free if we want to be victorious in life and all the endeavors that god has called us to be victorious and we have to have the word of god and not last year's revelation with last year's word the preceding word of god what is god saying to you right now about your season what is God's inheritance word for you right now in the space where you're at what is he saying to you for me it's Psalm 139 the Holy Spirit said to me whatever you can get out of Psalm 139 it's yours what is God saying to you what is your weapon for this season now In this world that we live in there are three sources of revelation the first source of revelation is the devil right well i'm not this is not order of priority i just want to end with the word of god (laughs) so the first is the devil his demons his cohorts spirits of fear witchcraft etc etc that's the first source the second source is me my flesh my mind my high places my idolatry that's the second source of revelation and the third source of revelation is god's word God's Word, God's Holy Spirit, okay? That's the third source. And depending on which of these we are listening to and agreeing with, that will depend whether we walk in freedom and victory or whether we don't. It'll depend whether I continue to be free or I continue to walk in bondage. And, and those three voices, we can be hearing them all at the same time. And the one that we listen to the most is the one that will be amplified in our ears, in our minds, in our hearts. And so this morning, I'm here and I'm asking you, I'm here to ask you, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice is the loudest in your life? whose voice is the loudest is it the voice of your fear is it the voice of intimidation is it the voice of your family your father your grandmother is it the voice of your ancestors is it the voice of your boss where you walk in to your workplace and you're immediately looking to see what mood is the boss in and if the boss is upset then oh i better be upset and if the boss is happy okay i can be happy today Is that it? Because that means that your boss's voice is the loudest. Instead of saying, you know what, I have the joy of the Lord inside of me, regardless of the boss's mood, regardless of my husband's mood, regardless of my kid's mood, regardless of any other person's mood, I have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to walk in peace because Jesus is my Prince of Peace. And so you can't intimidate me because the voice of my God is louder than your voice. Amen whose voice are you listening to whose voice is the loudest whose voice whose word do you trust the most your own your friends your family the newspaper the president credit ratings bureau all these credit ratings your own people or do you trust God's word whose word are you building around Who do you build your life around? Whose voice, whose word are you building your life around? The Lord says to you, I am your provider. And you're looking at the situation, you think, I I can't possibly do that, Lord. No, give, give that. I'm calling you to give that. And you're like, Lord, He says, I am your provider. You're like, No, I can't, because and you and it's your own voice, and it's the voice of fear, and it's the voice of fear of lack. And God is saying to you, this is for someone here, I think, by the way, He wants you to sow a seed because it's going to open the floodgates of heaven, and you are listening to the voice of fear of lack louder than his voice and you're hindering what God wants to do because he wants you to sow a seed to unlock something but you can't because you're so afraid you see sometimes there are things like that that we have to be so sensitive to whose word are you building around see the enemy knows that if he can get us to listen to either ourselves or him more than god he's basically won the victory he can wash his hands and say okay great tick i've done that i've won she's she's on or he's i've got that let me move on to the next one because we're doing the battle for him The Word of God, the Word of God. I'm going to just go through scripture we're going to walk through scripture a little bit and I want from the Bible I want us to see what the Word of God really is John 1 verse 1 to 5 in the beginning the Word already existed the Word was with God and the Word was God he existed in the beginning with God God created everything through him so the Word has creative power and the Word is a person who is Jesus Christ and it says and nothing was created except through him the Word gave life to everything that was created so the word has life-giving power and his life brought light to everyone the word brings light and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it so his word is light and the darkness can never extinguish it when you are in a dark place you need to release the word of god which is the light that no darkness can extinguish over your life amen So the word, number one, is milk for growth. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of God that you may grow thereby. If you are not eating and partaking and drinking of the word of God, you will not grow. No matter how many sermons you listen to every Sunday, if you are not drinking, if you are not partaking of the word of God, you will not grow. If you do not give milk to a baby, the baby will not grow. The baby will starve. So the nutrients that are for us in the word of God that we need in order to grow. Number 2, the word of God is our daily bread for sustenance and strength. Matthew 4, verse 3 to 4, when the tempter came to Jesus in the wilderness and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Jesus was hungry. But Jesus answers and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every preceding word. Do you have a preceding word for each day from the mouth of God? I remember once I was in a very difficult situation. A situation, yeah, I'll just leave it like that. And the Lord said to me, Trace, I want you to trust. Me for a word for a strategy every single morning you know what sometimes in the morning I would wake up and he'd say today your weapon is praise sometimes I would wake up and he would say today your weapon is rest but we got to have that preceding word that we can stand on by faith say well the Lord said this to me this morning I'm going to stand on it regardless and the outcome of that situation was positive man shall not live by bread alone but every preceding word see when Jesus in the in the in the Our father prayed, he said, give us this day our daily bread. I don't think he was talking about physical bread alone. I think he was also talking about our daily bread, our daily word from the Lord. Amen. The word of God is solid food. Number three, it's solid food for maturity and for strength. See the scripture we read earlier in Ephesians 6 about be strengthened and being strong in the might of our Lord. We can't be strong if we're not partaking of the word of God. Hebrews 5 verse 11 to 14. Please listen carefully to this. In the Amplified it says, Concerning this we have much to say which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing very dangerous you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish even slothful in achieving spiritual insight for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of god's word you have come to need milk not solid food for everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. For he is a mere infant, not yet able to talk. But solid food is for full-grown men, for who those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary to divine or human law. You see, what is that saying? It's like, it's saying you guys are still drinking milk and you, you should be over here. You should be teaching others by now, but you're not. And what is this? It's talking about a maturity and a fullness coming to a full a full grownness, a maturity um, of men whose senses and mental fact- faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between good and evil. What is that? It's like saying you've taken the word of God, you've put it around your waist as a belt as a belt of truth you've applied it to your lives you've applied it to your business to your family to your marriage to raising your kids you've applied it in every sphere of influence that you're in and you know how you ought to apply it and as such you've become full-grown men and you're able to teach others Are you able to give an answer to anyone who asks you a question about things? About the application of the word? Because that's an indication of a fullness of maturity. You see, some of us in the church, we need to learn how to apply the word of God. Not listen to the basic principles of prosperity and faith and all those great promises that we have. But applying the word of God outside to other things as well. That's when we come to a place of maturity. The body of Christ needs to come to a place of maturity in this time and this hour it's about more than my prosperity it has to be it's about more than my wealth and my success and my kingdom and what i'm building and my church and my family and us for and no more no It's about the world, it's about God's kingdom coming on the world, it's about politics and all of these other things happening, the economics and the brokenness and poverty and it's about the church being an answer to all of these things and having an answer and we'll only have an answer when we mature and strong in the word of God, amen. When we do what my that we have the sharpened conscience like my kids no don't do that and that's a tiny snippet of an example but when that that conch our consciences are so sharpened that we know no that's not the way this is definitely the way okay number four the word of God washes and cleanses Ephesians 5 25 to 26 It says, Christ gave up his life for the church to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Isn't that beautiful? Washed by the cleansing of God's word. When we started this series in church, um, I had an experience as I was sitting here. How many of you know that there are five spiritual senses? There's spiritual sight, hearing, touch, taste, and smell okay there are five spiritual senses and I was sitting in church and I began to smell the smell of a public toilet and I was like Lord what is this and I was looking at sometimes when I have these experiences I wonder if it's is it first of all I'll generally start like is there someone else who can smell the smell like looked my love (laughs) <laughs> but no one else could smell it that i that i knew of and what and then i saw a vision of a toilet and then i saw this water this flood of water pouring through the toilet and that smell went away and god was saying to me that through this series we be being we gonna people are going to go into the hidden part of their lives the part where there's waste and toxins and things that aren't pleasant to look at And he wanted to wash that how does he wash that with the word of god that's what freedom is about it's about going into those hidden parts of our lives that we don't want to talk about that we don't want other people to see it's private it's not stuff we want to bring out in the open but those are the very ears where areas where god wants to go and wash with the word of god and bring about a cleansing amen number five the word of god is alive and active i love that I love that Hebrews 4 verse 12 says for the Word of God is living and powerful it's living and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirits and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart the Word of God is alive and active when I release the Word of God over my children it's alive and active it's alive it doesn't fall to the ground and die when I release it it's alive it remains it accomplishes God's will, which is number 6, Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is so powerful. I release that over my family, my kids. Lord, I declare, and I declare scripture over them. Because you know what? You know what? That word, long after I'm dead and buried and God and I'm with the Lord in heaven, that word will still be circulating over their lives until it accomplishes the Thing which he sends it for through my mouth isn't that amazing the word of god always accomplishes what god sends it for it just might not be the way you think it will happen and it might not happen as soon as you think it will happen or i think it will happen but it will accomplish what he sends it for amen number seven the word of god has creative power 2 Peter 3 verse 5, they deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. So he made the heavens by the word of his command. Genesis 1, let there be light and there was light. Let there be and it was. Let there be and it was. God created with his word and we can use that too. We can create with our words. How many of you know that we defiled not by what we eat and take in but by what we release out our mouths how many of you have ever felt that where you say something and afterwards you're like oh I shouldn't have something changed I grieved the Holy Spirit we defile by what we release but you know what we can release life out of our mouths we can release this creative power in what I release out my mouth someone once said that God's word in your mouth is as powerful as his word in his mouth well if I have faith and it is his word and it is from him then yes that is so. It has creative power. Number eight, it upholds all things. The word of God upholds all things. Hebrews 1 verse 3, amplified. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. And he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Wow, that's the word of God upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power powerful number nine and i alluded to this earlier the word of god is the bedrock of our faith which is our shield romans ten, seventeen. 17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god how can i have faith if i'm not hearing the word of god how can i have faith i can't 10 it is the offensive weapon that we are to use in warfare. Ephesians 6, verse 17. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It is our offensive weapon. I love what Paul says to his son Timothy in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. He says, This charge I commit you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. That by them you may wage the good warfare. Why? Because when you get a prophetic word, that doesn't mean that it's automatically going to come to pass, it's not. It's just not, because that's, that's not how God works. You're going to have to stand on that word. You're going to have to say, Lord God, you declared, you declared that I am a warrior, that I am going to do this. That You, have, you, you said that I, that I am your weapon. It's standing on that word. It's declaring it. It's releasing it. It's mixing faith with it. It's waging the good warfare. What is good warfare? That you win. Amen warfare that you win wage the good warfare it's warfare and stand on that word until you see it coming to fruition and we've got to do this in this freedom series if we want to walk in freedom if we want to experience the fruit of freedom we have to learn to fight with the word of god fight for the freedom that he's already given us but we have to fight from a place of victory to maintain it amen When God said to the Israelites as they went into the promised land, I'm giving you this land, did they sit down and drink tea and have it handed to them in a platter? No, they didn't. What did they have to do? They had to fight. They had to fight. Why did they have to fight? So that when they had the land finally, and they'd fought against all those enemies, they would know how to maintain the victory. When those enemies came back, they could fight them up. They would know how to war. Because all the Israelites who went into the promised land, they weren't warfaring people. They weren't warriors. They had never fought before. And God in his mercy allows us to come up against warfare as we do, as we um, just walking in freedom in our lives and experiencing more and more freedom. In his mercy, he allows us to use his word to fight for it. So that once we've got it and we're walking in it we know how to maintain it so when we walk out of here and we go home and the enemy comes he's found an opportune time and he comes with a voice of fear a voice of intimidation whatever it is in your life you say no i've already fought you i already know which weapon works against you this is what the word says absolutely no i rebuke you get away from me amen but if i don't have that he comes fear comes i'm like lord i thought i was free from fear and here it is again what did i do that was wrong what what what's wrong with me why can't there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing you've done that's wrong probably unless you know that there's something that you've done you just got to stand and resist the devil amen amen now i have Have a whole lot of store accounts, stories, accounts from the Old Testament of men and women of men of God primarily, but men of God who listened to the enemy's voice and who listened to God's voice or the voice of the prophet. And they paint pictures of the outcome when we do those different things. Um can you fasten your seat belts? Can I try and give you what I can with the time that I have? Can you fasten your seat belts? Are you with me? Are you with me? hundred percent. Okay. Okay. So two Kings six verse eight to twelve. The king of Syria, and I love this story, by the way. The king of Syria was at war with Israel. And he used to say in his, I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time. He used to say in his private quarters, this is this is the strategy against Israel. This is where we're going to set up camp. This is where we're going to trap them. This is how we're going to do it. And um, every time that he did that, the prophet would go to the king of Israel and say to him, this is where the king of Syria is going to attack you. This is what his plans are. And so finally... The American 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 king of Syria gets really upset and he says he gets the Bible says this enraged the king of Syria and he summoned his officers and he says to them which of you is on the side of the king of Israel and they say none of us my lord the king said one of his officers but Elisha the prophet who was in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom so Elisha was listening to and hearing the word of God and the king of Israel was hearing this and listening to it and aligning and arranging ranging himself according to the word of God and so he was victorious every single time you see that's a picture to me of when we in the quiet place when we in the secret place we can actually be listening and so tuned to the word of God that he can say to us you know what go this way don't go that way the enemy is going to come to you at this season and this is how how he's going to try and um, sabotage your plans and this is the way this is his strategy against you and so this is how I want you to fight him and when we do that we guaranteed victory every single time but we have to be listening and hearing the Word of God in order to do that amen we've got to be listening to him another example 1 Samuel 17 and you know this account is the account of David and Goliath and Goliath is standing before the armies of Israel and he's taunting them and he's intimidating them and every single soldier in the army of Israel is terrified And listen to this, Goliath stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? This is the voice of the enemy. Am I not a Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. What was he doing? He was terrifying them he was massive he was huge no one wanted to go and fight him and it says that when Saul and Israel heard these words of the Philistine they were dismayed and greatly afraid you see when we are listening to the voice of the enemy more than the voice of God the fruit in our lives will always be fear and dismay fear and dismay they were paralyzed by fear and that was all of them all of them were fear is like having faith for the negative to happen faith in reverse and when the enemy gets us in this corner we become paralyzed we're not free we can't walk in freedom we become paralyzed and he's finished his work 1 Samuel 17, 23 and 26. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of Philistine. And he spoke according to the same words. So now David is there and he's saying the same things. And it says, David heard them. So David heard the same words that everybody else in the army of Israel had heard. And it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. David came from a completely different paradigm. Pastor Vim was talking about paradigms last week. He came from a completely different paradigm. His paradigm was, this is the word of God. How I see the situation is, doesn't matter how big, how awesome this guy is, at the end of the day, he's defying my God. It had nothing to do with David. It had everything to do with his God. You see, sometimes when we're looking at ourselves and we think we're the solution and we're hearing the words and there's a paucity of God's word in our lives, the enemy can come in and intimidate us with his word and we listen to his word more than God's word and we tune our ear to his word and that word becomes loudest and then we've lost. We've lost. David was more in tune with God's word than the enemy's word. In fact, he was the only one that we know of who was in tune with God's word. Amen. He was the only one. And I find this interesting, 1 Samuel 17, 28. Now Eliab's oldest brother heard this, heard David. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you've come down to see the battle. You see, sometimes the biggest, sometimes, not always, sometimes the biggest battle against our faith and our belief can actually come from our brothers and sisters. Did you know that? It does. As a pastor, I've seen it. As a congregant, I'm sure you've seen it. As a brother, as a sister, you've seen that. Whose voice are you more attuned to? You see, in, my husband always says this insecurity will always interpret boldness as pride and arrogance so when someone is insecure they'll always interpret your boldness as pride but if the boldness of God is on you it's on you amen whose voice are you most attuned to often in war i and i said this in cape town when i was in cape town often in war when i look at the war and the wars in the Old Testament between um, the enemies of God and the children of God, there's something that happens. There's a dialogue that happens between the enemies and God's people. And I've called that war talk. There's, there's often a discourse. There's often a dialogue. And I've termed it war talk. There's something that happens. Even in our lives, there's war talk. There's a dialogue that happens, whether it's in my mind, whether it's w- whatever it is, whether it's in my heart and it's, whether it's in my prayer life a dialogue that needs to happen and when that war talk happens when it comes to the crunch and now i gotta say something i better have the word of god inside of me so that i've got something to say because if i don't have the word of god inside of me i'm tickets i'm gonna show you this now 1 Samuel 17, 43 to 47. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. That's fear, isn't it? That's fear and intimidation talking. If you do this business deal, if you give that cash, if you do this, then surely this is going to happen. And it's something terrible. That's war talk in your life and mine. So that was the enemy's war talk. And then listen to David's war talk. He says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Isn't that powerful? This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know, know that there is a God in Israel.'" Israel then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and will give you into our hands where did he get that the battle is the Lord's and he will give you and he doesn't save by sword and spear where did he get that I think he got that way before this time he got that when he was looking after the sheep when the Lord sent the lion or the Lord allowed the lion to come and the Lord allowed the bear to come and he fought them and he won he got that somewhere back there in those battles and now he comes here and he knows it and it's the word of god and it's shut up inside of his bones and it comes out of his mouth because he had it when he was looking after the sheep we have to have it at the moment when we need it we can't now at the moment in the heat of the warfare suddenly go to our bible Oh, what was that word pastor paul preached two years ago oh ah uh, it's too late we've got to have the word have the word you see the word of God changed how David saw the situation it wasn't even about him it wasn't personal he didn't care that he didn't have armor that he didn't have a spear he says I'm gonna cut off your head he didn't even have a sword he used David's sword I mean he used Goliath's sword isn't that amazing don't you love what David does he prophesies he prophesies the word of god is creative he was declaring he was facing this massive giant he said this is what i'm going to do to you not because i'm powerful but because you've defied my god and he's powerful we have to have that faith and that faith comes when we have the word of god and you see god in his grace and in his um, kindness and in his goodness he will never lead us into battles and wars when he hasn't equipped us for them When David faced Goliath, God had prepared him already. God had prepared him. God sent the lion, God sent the bear, or allowed the lion and the bear. And David practiced on them. So when he came to fight Goliath, he already knew he'd done it before. And some of us in our lives, in our walk of freedom, in our battles that we face, God sends us and we struggle. We struggle in certain areas and we're like, God, what is wrong? Are you not hearing my prayers? What is wrong? Have you left me? I can't feel your presence. Why am I struggling with this? What has happened? You don't answer my prayers why is there this warfare and god is saying honey or dude i've got a bigger battle around the corner and i'm training your hands for battle and i'm training your hands for war so pick up that word of god and fight because you're going to graduate after this battle see sometimes we don't understand the times and the seasons of god in our life we don't understand the the warfare and the the battles that we in but god is preparing us for something greater and god will often use the areas that we've struggled in the most in our lives he'll use us in those very areas because he's big and because he can He does that you've struggled with addiction with alcoholism or you struggle with a broken marriage guess what god is probably going to use you in those areas in other people's lives because that's like taking goliath's sword the sword that the enemy was using against you and using it against him to chop off his head you helping other people in the very areas that he's come against you amen psalm 144 verse 1 to 2. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So the Lord trains our hands for war and our fingers for battle. How does he do that? He puts you in the middle of a battlefield and he says, fight. But some of us are trying to fight without our swords. Okay, Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be strong. And the Lord is saying, pick up your sword. You've got a sword to fight. You can't fight without your sword. We've got to pick up the sword and fight for what is ours. We have to fight for it. The last question I wanting to ask you this morning is, whose voice are you agreeing with? Whose voice are you listening to? What is your war talk? And whose voice are you agreeing with? Whose voice are you agreeing with? You know that the, there is power in agreement. And I was saying this in Cape Town that sometimes my husband and I, we haven't even prayed about certain things. We've sat down and we've discussed them and we've agreed about them. Haven't prayed and we see them coming to pass. We just agreed and they came to pass. There's power in agreement this power in agreement whose voice are you agreeing with in 1 Kings 20 verse 1 to 4 Ben-Hadad the king of Syria gathers his forces together and 32 Kings and he comes against King Ahab who's the king of Israel who's not a righteous king but he's the king of Israel and he says thus says Ben-Hadad your silver your gold your loveliest wives and children are mine and the king answers and he says just as you say I and all that I have are yours. And we can read that and think, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? God is your God. And you just said yes, and you gave it to him. We can look at that and and think that, but we do that in in our lives. We agree with the voice of the enemy. Amen just like that let's continue reading then the messages came back and said thus says ben hadad i've sent to you saying you should deliver me your silver gold your wives and children but i will send my servants tomorrow this time and actually they'll search your house and the houses of all your servants and they will take whatever they see that they fancy paraphrase You see whenever we agree to something with the enemy just a little portion of our lives he can just have that little bit no one can see it it's hidden it's not really affecting anything it's just that little portion he never leaves it there he always takes more he says oh okay you've agreed to that well let me just tell you tomorrow this time i'm coming i'm going to take whatever i like whether you like it or not that's what ben had said to king ahab i don't see king ahab responding with any war talk I don't see him saying, well, and declaring any word. He just agreed with the enemy's war talk. Okay? 1 Kings 20, verse 7 to 11. So now, finally, the king of Israel calls his elders and says, This is what Ben Hadad wants to do. And the elders and the people said to him, Do not listen, do not consent. And that is what I'm saying to you today. Do not listen to the voice of the enemy. Do not consent. So they said to him, do not listen. Do not consent. So finally, King Ahab at least has some sort of backbone, not a lot, something. And he says to Ben-Hadad, what I said to you can have, but this extra part that you've asked of me, you can't have. And then Ben-Hadad threatens him and says, the gods do so to me and more also if enough dust is is left of Samaria for a handful of each of the people who follow me. He's threatening the king. So the king of Israel says, tell him, let not the one who puts on his armor boast, but the one who takes it off. War talk. Finally, he's got some backbone. Finally, he says, okay, let's fight. You want to fight? I'll fight. See, sometimes we wait until the enemy pushes us and pushes us and pushes us into a corner before we get some backbone. But people, we've got to have backbone from the start. We've got to have the word of God from the start. We can't wait until we're pushed into some corner. And at the end of the cycle, by the way, God gives um, Ben-Hadad into King Ahab's hands twice because there's a prophet in Israel who comes and brings him a word and tells him the strategy. But at the end of the story, he basically gives birth to something That cost him his life because he didn't listen to the word of god basically he makes a treaty with ben haddad he makes a treaty didn't seek the lord out he makes a treaty and then the lord sends a prophet to him and this is what the lord says to king ahab thus says the lord because you have let slip out of your hand a man i had appointed to utter destruction therefore your life will go for his life and your people for his people you see god's word is a matter of life and death His word is a matter of life and death. His word is a matter of your destiny. His word is a matter of your children's destiny. It's a matter of your inheritance. It's a matter of my inheritance. Decisions that I make in accordance or not with the word of God will affect me for the rest of my life and will affect my descendants. His word is critical. His word is so important. It's important in the battles. It's important in the life decisions. It's important that I tune my ear and I choose to hear his voice louder than the other voices even when those other voices are shouting amen God's word is so important we need to seek it out we need to use it as our guide we need to use it as our weapon of war we need to need to use it as our place of faith to stand on we need to use it as our hope and walking the freedom walking in the freedom that God has already bought for us but we have to fight for amen so the word of God it's milk for our growth it's daily bread for our sustenance And our strength it's our solid food for maturity it's what we build our lives around it washes it cleanses it's alive it's active it accomplishes god's will it has creative power it upholds all things it's the bedrock of our faith which is our shield it's the offensive weapon that we are to use in warfare So this morning as you walk out that door i want you to leave just thinking about that which word whose word whose word are you listening to whose word is loudest in your ears whose word are you building your life around do you have enough of the word of god in your life do you have a daily routine do you have a discipline that enables you to feed and eat on the word of god are you progressing past the milk of god's word are you growing are you maturing in the word of god and you know what we've got so many resources we'd love to help you if you want something just ask we can help we can choose whose voice we listen to we can choose whose word we build our lives around we can choose whose principles and values we build our lives around in order to get free stay free walk in freedom and walk in everything that God has for us we have to have the word of God amen okay let's bow our heads please